All right, here is another question, and this is a rather pertinent and delicate one. Uh, it's I, this kind of things asked quite often. Uh, this guy named Roger, <clears throat> sorry, Roger. How can I stop my sexual lusting? It's driving me crazy with the condemnation. I'm ashamed to keep asking for forgiveness. Now, I bet Roger's under 18 years old. <clears throat> Maybe not, but I bet he is. Uh, the word lust appears in the Bible 48 times. On several occasions, it's not something evil. Uh, he tells the children of Israel there's a certain sacrifice that they offer that they would kill it, offer it to the priest, then take it home, cook it, and eat it. So they got to keep it and eat it. So he told them, when you get ready to make this sacrifice, whatever your soul lusts after, if it's a sheep or a cow or a turtle dove or whatever you want, take it to the priest and offer it if that's what your soul's lusting after. So you get up that morning, your wife says, you know, I got a taste for some mutton. <laughs> and he says, well, then we'll offer mutton today because she was lusting after mutton. Now, that was not an evil thing to do, that lust. Uh, in fact, the Bible said that the Spirit of God lust. It said it lusts against the flesh. We'll read that in a moment. In other words, the Spirit of God wants to overcome defeat and strives against the flesh. <clears throat> but what happens when you, <clears throat> young man goes through puberty, you suddenly have a drive that is like high as it'll ever be. It's, from there it goes downhill basically. And it, 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 it's still going downhill for me in <laughs> 74. And I just want you to know I'm not the bottom of the hill yet. But when, you, when you're a young man and you go, go through puberty and you have that drive, it's like getting a brand new fast car and being told you can't drive it for 10 years. Or it's like getting a new shotgun and t told you can't. That's not a very good illustration. That's too close to And you can't shoot it. So it is, it's like having something precious and wonderful exciting, the most thrilling, compelling thing that's ever been in your life. And you're told you can't use it <clears throat> for 10 years, 15 years, till you get married. And girls won't understand. My wife is now uh, past 50, and <laughs> she still doesn't understand men. And I'm transparent, but she still doesn't understand men. No woman can understand a man. Uh, men are, go through puberty, they're already addicted to sex. It's like, it's like if, if they are not, they don't possess their own mind with discipline, their own body, they're not self-possessed, self-controlled, they're animals. <clears throat> Just go to the average high school and look at what goes on, if you don't believe me. Go to the places the young people hang out and see what happens, where there's no morality, no God, no religion, nothing to control their actions. 
where, it, where it's not frowned upon culture. Uh, it's ugly. So what happens when a young man goes through puberty? It's natural to get these drives and these passions. It's totally normal. Uh, and so a lot of young men interpret the passion or the drive itself, the lust, if you would have it, as evil. Because it makes them want to do things they know they shouldn't do. Let me tell you what, that's normal. It's normal for a young man going through puberty to want to do things that he shouldn't do. <laughs> that's the way it is. And it will, that's, that sense will increase with provocation and decreases with almost nothing except really hard work and cold showers. And so this is a delicate question for this reason in trying to talk to you about it. I don't want to cause young men to feel more guilty, to treat their sexual drive as if it were an evil thing and, uh, and, and live under self-condemnation. I want you to accept it as a normal God-given drive. But at the same time, I don't want to give you permission to live in a state of lust. Uh, the propensity to lust is normal. The exercise of lust leads to evil. The, the, the feeding of lust leads to evil. The dwelling on the lust leads to evil. You see, I, I, I can, I'm, I'm eating, uh, uh, I'm only eating about seven hours during the day and the rest of the time I'm fasting. So I'll eat my last meal, say about three o'clock in the afternoon. And I, about 5.30 or 6, I start going and pulling the refrigerator door open. <laughs> My wife laughs at me. I don't get anything, but it's just, you know, I've got, I got to eat. i got to eat. I'll walk in the pantry and look for some of those little seed crackers she's got that are healthy and whole grain and stuff, and they're just, they're just have sea salt and bright kind of oil. They're just delicious. And, or I'll pass by the oranges. I want an orange or an apple or a banana or, or some almonds. Oh, what I wouldn't give for a little handful of almonds. And so I have this drive, which is totally normal, but I say no to it. Now, if, and then I leave the kitchen. <laughs> because if I stayed in the kitchen and the refrigerator, I might decide that this is really a bad diet we're on. You know, you ought not do this to yourself. Uh, which we'll probably decide eventually anyhow. But, uh, <laughs> but it, that's what we're going through right now. Uh, I want to try that all meat seven times a day later, okay? <laughs> Barbecue. Uh, so if I, if I were to feed that lust for the food, then it would get to a place to where it'd be easy for me to say, oh, this is a bad diet. It's not natural for me to do this. So I have to leave it. The Bible says, flee youthful lust. Youthful lust is taken for granted, guys. It's just, it's who you are. But you're supposed to flee it. That is, get out of the presence of that which provokes it. When I was in high school, I, I remained a virgin until I married my wife at age 25. I was 25. And uh, she was 20, I guess. Uh, 
But when I was in high school, I had all kinds of crazy drives. And, but I recognized they were natural, but also recognized that I had a duty not to do what I felt like doing. Now, when I looked uh, and saw a, a beautiful girl or well-made one, I had lust. But I didn't feed the lust. I disciplined myself to not look a second time. I disciplined myself to turn away and focus my mind on something else. So I didn't feed it to grow it. And I didn't allow, it to, didn't allow myself to make it a pleasurable indulgence. In other words, something that I did to get pleasure out of it, thinking about it to get pleasure out of it. I didn't retreat or go there uh, when I would lie down at night or alone or something. Now, my mind always wanted to. My body always wanted to, but I had to say no. And so I was able to have a natural God-given lust and not allow that lust to become well-informed and well-acquainted and to become a source of pleasure for me uh, to lead me to do something I shouldn't do. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh, so the question is, how can I stop my sexual lusting? It's driving me crazy with the condemnation. Now, it could be that the person asking this question is not really asking about lusting, but they're asking about some other act that they're doing or something that this natural human passion has led them or what they've allowed themselves to do. Uh, you stop sexual lusting the same way you stop getting fat. You starve it to death. You don't bring home tasty, unhealthy snacks and put them in your refrigerator and then look at them. You get those things out of the house. So when I was a young man, I did not watch any television at all. I'd walk in a room where someone had on and do this because they had commercials. And some of those commercials had some hot babes on there. And I am built to like hot babes. I married one. And she stays hot all this time. That's my grandson choking to death over there laughing. He can't, he can't imagine his 70-year-old grandmother being a hot babe. <laughs> well, you, you'll find out. Uh, now, what was I saying before I got off track here? <laughs> <laughs> My wife said, get back to the Bible. <laughs> the commercials, yeah. Yeah, when I'd go in where there was a commercial, and, even, and when I'd drive down the road, I wouldn't look at billboards. I did not go to the malls. You say, but that makes life rather difficult. Yes, it does. But it worked for me. I kept myself pure. Uh, I kept myself pure. Uh, righteous. I didn't go to any movies at all because I didn't know what might pop up on one and it didn't take much to set me off. So I had to keep myself and protect myself, protect my mind. 
Uh, Proverbs 6, 20 says, My son, keep thy father's commandments and sake, forsake not the law of thy mother. I hope you've got a father and a mother that command you in the way that I'm commanding you now. Bind those commandments continually upon thy heart. Tie them upon thy neck. When thou goest out, it shall lead thee, your parents' commandments. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. Listen, if you're a young man, when you sleep, when you wake, and when you go out, you need some commandments that tell you what to do. You need to bind them on your heart or you're going to be in trouble. He said, the commandment is a lamp, a light, reproof, instructions of the way of life to keep thee from the evil woman. That's what the commandments are about here. It's mom and daddy saying, avoid the evil woman. I had to instruct my boys all the time about girls. They got mad at me a few times when I said, don't go around that girl. She's trouble. And uh, she, how could she be trouble? Look how pretty she is. Look how good looking she is. Look how sweet she is. She's trouble. I mean, she'd already had sex. I could tell by looking at the 12-year-old that she'd been around the block. And the boys, I remember one particular got really mad with me. But about uh, three years later, she was in our house having one of her babies because she, her life was broken and messed up. And we took her in. And they saw that what we said was true. Thank God she's saved and living a righteous life today after she got grown, had some couple marriages and the kids. She got right with God. But uh, at the time, the boys couldn't see that, you know. So the commandments of your father and your mother are really important. Uh, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Uh, that's self-explanatory. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart. This is key. Don't lust in your heart. You see, you have control of your heart. Heart, your affections, that's what you love. Now, whenever I, as a young man, would look and lust, not lust in an evil way, but lust in a normal male way, the way God created me, uh, just like looking at... Uh, uh, something good to eat that's not yours, not on your plates, not on your table. You look at it, that's good to eat. I'd like to eat that. Or going by and seeing a beautiful car or somebody's home or something else, that's, that's, you admire it. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, lust not after her beauty in thine heart. Don't let, it, don't let your lust become part of your heart. Don't let it become part of your affections. Don't let your natural drives become what you desire and want in your heart. If your heart is rejecting what your eyes are desiring, then you're safe. When your heart stops rejecting what your eyes see, what your imagination tells you, when your heart attaches to that thing, that's when you're in trouble. Lust not after her beauty in thy heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. That's the reason women paint their eyelids. There's something about the eyes that draw men in. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. And the adulteress were hunt for the precious life. So there's some women who are just by nature adulterous, some young girls. Uh, they come after you and you're going to be their 16-year-old their girl. You're going to be her seventh or eighth. 
or 15th. She's on the prowl. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one, can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her, shall not be innocent. So don't so much as touch her. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 7, 1, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. So I made a practice when I was young never to reach out and put my hand on a woman's forearm to get her attention. The most I do is take one finger and poke her on the shoulder like this right here. <laughs> Why? Because when I touched her like this, I am negative charge and she's positive. And I got a discharge when I did that. And so it's a habit that stayed with me to today. You ladies here, how many times have I ever touched you? I don't do it, do I? I keep my hands off the women. When I see a preacher start handling the women and the girls, I know it's trouble. Either that or the guy needs some testosterone because there's something wrong with him. So don't let somebody go to laying their hands on your fe females in your family. Not the preacher, not kids, not anybody. That's off limits. Now, finally, Matthew 5, 27. You've heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So when you look and lust after her, that means that it's not just that you are a conscious sexual being who finds a woman attractive, but it's that you look at her and you, in your heart, in your heart, you desire to have her. In your heart, you want to possess her in an illegitimate manner. Now, it's natural for a 19-year-old young man to look at a 17, 18, 19-year-old young woman and find her attractive in many ways, including sexually attractive, and to be drawn to her and imagine being married and what that benefits that might entail. That's a natural response, a natural feeling. But when you start lusting after her in your heart to possess her in a way that's sinful, possess her in a way that's not proper, that is, you conceive of committing fornication with her. You conceive of taking her in a way that would be sinful. He said that is the same as committing adultery with her. Because you're doing it, you're doing it in your heart. Your heart is already there. Your heart has already surrendered to the sin. Okay, there's what I have here now is how to overcome uh, your sexual drive and, and the flesh. And instead of going into that right now, I'm going to suggest that you get my series. It's, on, it's free online, uh, the book of Romans. It's audio series. Get it from No Greater Joy Ministries. And Look at Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. Listen to Romans 6, 7, and 8. Or I have a message called uh, Sin No More. You get that and listen to that. Uh, there's quite a few others along that line, but those two right there will get you started and tell you how to overcome sins. That's as far as I'm going to go with that. That's it.